Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. So I started teaching two weeks ago and we ta- started teaching about the healing covenant. And I was sharing from Matthew chapter 15, verse 26. And we were talking about healing is the children's bread. It's part of the covenant. And Jesus, there was a, a woman, she was a Syrophoenician woman. She came to him, she was a Gentile. And she said, Lord, would you, you know, deliver my sick daughter. And Jesus said, it's not right to take the children's bread and cast it to the dog. She said, that's right, Lord. You know what? You don't want to argue with Jesus. Basically, Jesus called this woman a dog, and she said, you're right, Lord. Call me whatever you want to, but one crumb of your power will heal my sick daughter. One crumb of the bread that falls off the master's table. He said, don't the dogs get even the crumbs? will heal my sick daughter. And Jesus said, great is your faith. Praise God. You know, there's only two people that Jesus said in the Gospels had great faith, and both of them were Gentiles. There's a lot of times people that are supposed to get things that don't, and other people that aren't supposed to get them that get them, and it's because of how they respond to Jesus. But faith begins where the will of God is known. And today, I'm going to give you four ways from the Bible that you can know without a shadow of a doubt that it is always God's will to heal you. I grew up in a church that we believed it was God's will to save you, but beyond that, we didn't believe for much of anything. And they often prayed the faith-destroying words, if it be your will. You don't want to pray prayers like that concerning divine healing. You can pray, Lord, if it be your will, send me to Africa. Amen? You can pray, Lord, if it be your will, have me buy this house, so on and so forth. Those things are, you know, they're subjective. But when it comes to forgiveness of sin and healing of the body, It is the will of God. And when you know the will of God, then it gives you faith to receive what God has promised you. So I want you to turn with me. We're going to begin in Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through verse 45. There came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down, saying unto him, If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. And Jesus straightly charged him and sent him away and said to him, Say nothing to any man, but go your way and show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those things that Moses commanded for a testimony to them. And he went out and began to publish it much and blaze abroad the matter inasmuch as Jesus could no more openly enter the city, but was without in the desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Do you, many people still pray prayers like this. Lord, if it be your will, I know that you can do it. 
There's a lot of believers in this same place today. I know that the Lord can, but I don't know that he will. You can know the will of God from what the Bible says. And faith begins where the will of God is known. The first reason that you can know that it is God's will to heal you from the scripture is because healing is the nature of God. In Exodus, turn with me to Exodus chapter 15. The children of Israel had been in Egypt and had just three days earlier left Egypt, come across the Red Sea. It says in verse 22, when Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, they went into the wilderness of Shur and went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Verse 23, and when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was Marah, or bitter. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And Moses cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he cast into the waters. Now, this tree is a type of the cross. The waters are a type of the Gentile nations of the world. And the waters were made sweet, and there he made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them. And said, in verse 26, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do that which is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. Now, the first thing you need to know is no one has ever done that except for Jesus. But Jesus is the condition of the covenant. And you don't receive the promises of the covenant because you keep every condition, right? And you obey God every time and you obey every commandment. Nobody's ever done that except for Jesus. You get the promises of the covenant because of who Jesus is. Jesus is the condition of this covenant. But he went on after that and said... If you'll do this, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. That is my name. That is my nature. That is my character. Now, if you study the Old Testament, the Old Testament is a progressive revelation of who God is. And there are seven redemptive names of God in the Old Testament, of which this is the second one. The first one is, I am the Lord your provider, Genesis 22. The second one found here is, I am the Lord your healer, Exodus 15. The third one, 
is I am the Lord, your banner, your deliverer, your protector, Jehovah Nisi, Exodus 17. The fourth one is I am the Lord who sanctifies you, Leviticus chapter 20 in verse 8. The fifth one is found in Judges chapter 6. I am the Lord, your peace and your provision, Jehovah Shalom. The sixth one is I am Jehovah Sidkenu. I am the Lord, your righteousness. Jeremiah 23, verse 6, and Jeremiah 33, verse 16. And the last one is I am the Lord who is there. Ezekiel chapter 48, I believe it's verse 35, the very last verse of Ezekiel. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So God reveals us to himself in his name. Then he says in Malachi 3 verse 6, the very last book of the Old Testament, I am the Lord and I change not. In other words, if God was the Lord who heals us, then he is the Lord who heals us. If he is the Lord who heals us, then he will always be the Lord our healer. So he never changes from who he says that he is. In fact, Damon Peterson told me between services, there's a leading Jewish teacher that teaches the third commandment is this, you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. When the Hebrews understood the commandment, you will not take the Lord the name of the Lord in vain, they had a completely different understanding about that commandment than you and I do. Number one, it means this. Don't take the name of the Lord lightly. There is weightiness. There, there is substance in God's name. But Damon was sharing this with me in between services that there is a leading Hebrew teacher that says if you account evil to God, if you account sickness to God, if you account poverty to God, if you account sin to God, you are taking the name of the Lord in Vain, I would say that is accurate with my understanding of the scripture. So he says, I am the Lord who heals you. That means if he was the Lord who heals us, he is the Lord of the, he, who heals us. He's always going to be the Lord who heals us. And then he says, I'm the Lord and I don't change. So we don't, we don't have a God that we serve. We have the, you know, an unchangeable God. In fact, we go to the New Testament, and if you go to James chapter 1, in James chapter 1, James is a book all about faith. And in James chapter 1, it's really talking about the wisdom of faith. 
But James begins here in James 1 verse 13 saying, Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And when it is finished, it brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Don't change from this. Don't move away from this. Then he says in verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, if it's not good and it's not perfect, it could not be from God because everything that God does is only good and only perfect. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, it is the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Praise God. So God is always good and God always does good. And in fact, if something is not good, it could not come from God Because that's all God has to give. God is not the author of sin. He's not the author of sickness. He's not the author of death. He's not the author of disease. His nature, he says, I am the Lord who heals you. That is my very name. The second thing is, we can know that healing is the will of God because of the promises of God. You see, the promise of God comes from the nature of God. And God's promise, promises, all of God's promises are consistent with who he said that he is. In Exodus chapter 23... In verse 25, the Lord says, I will bless your bread and bless your water and take sickness from the midst of you. He goes on in verse 26 and says, There will be none barren among you, neither shall any of you cast your... Amen? However it says it. In other words, God said, I'm your healer, right? And I'm the one who sustains the fruit of your womb. Hallelujah. I'm going to bless your bread and bless your water, take sickness from the midst of you. We go into Psalm 91. Psalm 91 verse 10 says, No evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling." When the whole COVID thing came up, Barbara said from day one with her mouth, 
My body has every antibody that it needs, and I will not have COVID. Hallelujah. We went all through COVID. She never had a sign. She never had a symptom. She had a, never had a problem. Barbara's dad, who was 86 at the time, was working in Denver. This is about two rounds through. Never missed a day of work in his life for being sick. He continued to work when a lot of the young people wouldn't work because of fear, so on and so forth. However, he contracted COVID, and rather than stop working, he was working at Walmart. He continued to work every day, and he became very sick. He should have taken some time off and rested. He probably would have healed up. But he didn't take any time off, kept working. So he got very sick, and they came and took him from his house in the ambulance, put him in the hospital in Denver. He was there for a period of time, and when he got out, he needed a place to get healed up more before he um, could, could go back to his home. His home was on the third level of a building in Denver with no elevator, so on and so forth. And so we were bringing him to our house when he was to get out of the hospital, but the doctors wanted to make sure that Barbara, you know, had since she had never had any symptoms, never had any sign, never been tested in any way, that, that she had antibodies. So she went and got her blood checked, and they said, sure enough, you have all the antibodies, you know, against COVID in your blood. Now, she never had one symptom. She never had a runny nose. She never had a cough. She never had a fever. She never had one sign of COVID, and yet she had the antibodies in her blood, in her body, because she said with her mouth, I will not have COVID, and my body has every antibody that it needs. You have to realize there's power and there's life in your words. But we have promises from God, and the promises of God are consistent with God's nature, with who God said that he is. You go a little bit farther in Psalm 91, verse 16. The scripture says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. The word for salvation there in Psalm 91 verse 16 is the Hebrew word Yeshua. It is consistent with the Greek word for save, sozo, and salvation, soteria. And when you study those words out, both in the Hebrew, Yeshua, and in the Greek, Sozo and Soteria, those words have the connotation of forgiveness, healing, freedom, peace, and provision, wholeness, completeness, well-being, spirit, soul, and body. So when we're talking about salvation, we're talking about wholeness. We're talking about healing. We're talking about well-being. We're talking about completeness. We're talking about being forgiven and healed and at peace and free 
and prospering in every area of our life, spiritually, physically, emotionally, and financially. That's what salvation is talking about. That's what the Bible says. We go a little bit farther in Psalm 103. The psalmist David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name and forget not all of his benefits. In verse 3, he says, Who forgiveth all of your iniquities, who healeth all of your diseases. How many of your sins does he forgive? How many of your diseases does he heal? Who forgives all of your iniquities? Who healeth? Rapha. Who healeth? I am Jehovah Rapha, and I Rapha, I heal all your disease. Verse 4, he goes on. Who redeems your life? from destruction, who satisfies your mouth with good things. I missed one in there. Hallelujah. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Recently, Aaron had a word, and he said, we're going to have many people in this church, if Jesus tarries, that are going to be sanitarians. They're going to live in over a 100 years, and they're going to be healthy and be strong. And if you'll believe it, you can receive it. I submit to you that we receive far too little because we believe for far too little. But praise God for his promises, and his promises are consistent with his nature. You move a little bit farther into Psalm 107, verse 20. He says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them for, from their destruction. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to verse 22. My son, attend to my words. Give ear to my sayings. Keep them before the midst of your eyes, let them not depart from your heart. Keep them in the midst of your heart. He says in verse 22, for they are life unto all those who find them and they are health. They are medicine. The word of God is medicine for your flesh. Hallelujah. We move on into the prophet Jeremiah. He says in Jeremiah 30 verse 17, I will restore health to you and heal you of all of your wounds. Praise God, I'm going to restore health to you. I'm going to heal you of all of your wounds. And since we're here, verse 18, we'll just tuck this one in there. In the modern English version, it says this, And I will restore the fortunes of Jacob's tent. 
Now, if you want to get criticized preaching in the United States of America today, two things will draw criticism more than anything. Preach on divine healing and preach on prosperity. And I'm telling you, religion doesn't like it and the devil doesn't like it. You'll make somebody mad. But Jesus, when he opened his earthly ministry, made some people mad on the very first day. And if you're worried about making people mad and just want to make everybody happy, too much of what people preaching is just a feel-good gospel instead of preaching to you the Holy Bible and what the Word of God said. And it's time that we get back to preaching the whole Word of God, the Holy Bible, that we preach who God said that He is and what God said that He would do. You see, we have the unchangeable Word of an unchangeable God. You go just a little bit farther in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2. He says, Unto you who fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wing. You know, back in the 1950s, there was a woman by the name of Evelyn Wyatt who had a ministry called Wings of Healing Ministry. My granddad was a good Baptist man. His favorite scripture was Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. But my granddad had bursitis in his left shoulder. And my granddad in his 50s went to an Evelyn Wyatt meeting and and. He, Evelyn Wyatt laid hands on his shoulder and he said when she laid hands on me heat went into my shoulder and I could feel the power of God and my granddad lived up into his 80s and never had bursitis in his shoulder again because he was healed by the power of God I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever and the same Jesus that walked the shores of Galilee, that healed the sick, that cleansed the leper, that raised the dead, that cast out devils, is alive and well to do today. And he's still doing the same things today that he did when he walked on the shores of Galilee. We can num know, number one, that healing is the will of God because it is God's nature. He said, I am the Lord who heals you. We can know, number two, that healing is the will of God because it is the promise of God and the promises of God are consistent with the nature of God. We can know, number three, that healing is the will of God because of the life of Jesus when he walked on the earth. Go back where we started in Mark chapter 1. Notice this in Mark chapter 1. We'll move back just a little bit before we were, where we were. Mark chapter 1. Verse 29, forthwith they were come out of the synagogue. They entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever. 
And they told Jesus about it. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her and she ministered to them. And at evening when the sun did set, they brought unto him all who were diseased and those who were possessed with devils. And the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick of different kinds of diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Listen, you don't have a conversation with the devil because the devil is a liar. Amen? When we go into Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 4, Jesus begins his earthly ministry. Immediately after he was baptized in the river Jordan by John the Baptist and the Spirit of God came on him, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He beat the devil every time with the word. Verse 14 says he returned in the power of the Spirit. As his manner was, when the Sabbath day came, he went to the synagogue and they delivered to him the scroll of Isaiah to read, and he found the place where it was written. And he began, we know it as Isaiah 61, verse 1, in the first half of verse 2. And he began to read, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because I want you to know that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you for a purpose. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Not only is there an anointing to preach the gospel, there is an anointing to heal the sick. He goes on. He said to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, to preach the day of God's grace. You see, where great grace is preached, great power is released. Years ago when we were pastoring in Kit Carson, there was a man, he was raised Catholic. His name was a marshal. He was a great big man, over six foot tall, six foot three or more, weighed well over 300 pounds. And Marshall was one of these guys that was going to serve the devil till it was 1159, and then he was going to believe God at the last minute. Because he was just having too much fun serving the devil. He's having too much fun drinking, drugging, chasing women, doing all these things. But Marshall got saved. Now shortly after Marshall got saved, he contracted a disease. He was living in Denver at the time. Marshall called me from Denver. And he said, Pastor Lawson, I've got a disease. And I can't eat anything and I can't keep it down. And I've been to the doctor and the doctor told me that it's incurable. There's nothing that I can do about it. He said, is this because I've lived such a wicked life? 
Now, you know what I told him? I told him no. It's because of the devil. The devil wants to kill you. The devil wants to destroy you. If I would have told him that it was because of his wickedness that he had this disease, more than likely he would have died. But I told him, he said then after I told him, it's because of the devil and God wants to heal you. He said, will you pray for me? I said, yes. He was in Denver. He said, I'll see you as soon as I can get there. So between two and two and a half hours from that time, he showed up at my office. I was my only employee, I, myself, and me. And I was there. I had two hours to get ready. And so I was praying in tongues. Say, Pastor Lawson, what do you say? I don't even know. But I know the Spirit of God is in me is praying the perfect will of God through me. So Marshall showed up in my office. Great big man still. I mean, he, this had been, he'd had this disease for a while. He was losing some weight because he couldn't keep any food down. But I reached my hands around him and I prayed for him. I couldn't even reach my hands around him. I mean, he's a big old guy. Praise God. And I prayed for him. Hallelujah. And I prayed for a period of time and then he left. He went home to his parents. They lived there in Kit Carson. Later that day, he headed back to Denver. 48 miles from Kit Carson, west of Kit Carson on 287, is a town by the name of Hugo, Colorado. In Hugo, Colorado, then, there was a loaf and jug, and Marshall stopped at the loaf and jug. When he stopped in the loaf and jug and was going back to D Denver, Carrie Pickett, who grew up in my church, Carrie Nordquist in those days, was coming from Denver to come to Kit Carson, and she met him at the loaf and jug, and he said, I've just been down to see Pastor Lawson. I had this disease that I couldn't keep any food down. And he prayed for me and I felt the power of God go through me. And since then, I've eaten six meals and I've kept them all down. <laughs> Praise God. Now, he probably was stopping that loaf and jug to get another one. Glory to God, just making up for some lost time. But Marshall got healed because we preached the grace of God. And where great grace is preached, great power is released. Jesus preached the gospel. After he shared that message, he closed the scroll of Isaiah and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. And Jesus said, today is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Let, let me tell you, you can talk about the revival that your great grandkids are going to have. And you can talk about the revival that your great grandma had and nobody cares Nobody is going to get mad. But if you start saying, God wants to heal you today. God wants to deliver you today. God wants to prosper you today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of the outpouring of the Spirit. Today, is, you're going to make some religious devils mad. Now, I've been there in Nazareth where Jesus was preaching. 
And there's a big hill with a cliff on the side, and they were going to kill Jesus. They were going to throw him off the cliff. But he just got started one day and made a bunch of religious people mad. If you're worried about making people mad, you're not going to be worth much salt. If you don't make anybody mad, you're just not doing too much. (laughs) Praise God, if you don't run into the devil once in a while, maybe you're just going the same direction. So Jesus, he knew it wasn't his time, so he got out of there. And later that day, it tells us in Luke chapter 4, verse 38, he arose out of the synagogue, entered into Simon's house. Simon's mother, same instance as Mark 1, was taken with a great fever. They besought him for her. He stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Notice how Jesus dealt with this disease. He spoke the word of God. He rebuked the fever. Now when the sun was setting, verse 40 says, all they who had any sick with different kind of diseases brought them unto him and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And the devils came out of many crying out saying, you are the Christ, the son of God. And he rebuked them and suffered them not to speak for they knew He was the Christ. If you go into Luke chapter 5, notice this in verse 15. So much more there went a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their diseases, of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Luke noted that there was a special anointing that day to heal the sick. We move into Luke chapter 6, verse 17. It says, And he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast from a little farther away of Tyre and Sidon came to hear him, and they came to be healed by him. They came to hear, and they came to be healed of their diseases. And they who were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. That's why I don't want to mess with the devil in any way, because he's unclean. That's why I want to stay out of sin, because it's unclean. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue, the goodness of God, and the power of God flowed out of him, and he healed them all. In fact, there's 14 places it's written in the New Testament that Jesus healed them all. They brought them to him. They were sick with all kinds of different diseases, and he healed everyone, and he healed every disease. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The fourth reason I submit to you that we can know from the scripture that healing is the will of God. Number one, it is because 
It is the nature of God. God said, I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. Number two, because it is the promise of God. The promise of God comes out of the nature of God. We have the unchangeable word of an unchangeable God. Number three, because of the life of Jesus, John said in John chapter 1, verse 18, no man has seen God at any time but the only begotten Son who comes from the bosom of the Father. He has made Him known. And number four is because Jesus paid for our healing at the cross. Turn with me to Isaiah 53. Isaiah about six to 700 years before Christ prophesies of Jesus on the cross. And he sees Jesus dying on the cross, taking our sins and our sicknesses. And he says, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Jesus is the arm of the Lord. And if you want to see Jesus revealed in your life, you need to believe the report. He goes on in verse 3, says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he is born or carried our griefs. Now the word there for griefs in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word coily. It means sickness, disease, grief, malady, anxiety or calamity. He bore our sickness, disease, grief, malady, anxiety, and calamity. And it says, he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. And the word sorrows is the Hebrew word makov. It means pain, sorrow, or physical or mental pain. Yet we did esteem him, look at this, stricken and smitten by God. The reason that God is not striking people and smiting people with sickness and disease is because Jesus was smitten by God and Jesus was stricken by God. Jesus took our punishment on the cross and because of it, we don't have to take it. But then he says in verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgression. How many of you believe that Jesus was wounded for your transgression, for your sin? He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Rapha. Healed. The word rapha means heal, physician, cure, or repair. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord, your physician. I am the Lord who is your cure. I'm the Lord who came to repair you and restore you. Hallelujah. So Isaiah looks forward to the cross, six to seven hundred years before the cross, and says, this is what's going to happen. Matthew looks at Jesus healing the sick in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. Let's look at it really quickly. Matthew says, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many who were possessed with devils, cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all who were sick. 
that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities, himself took our weakness, our disease, our sickness, and bear our sicknesses, disease, sickness, and infirmity. The word healed is the Greek word therapy, heal, cure, restore to health. Jesus healed the sick. Isaiah said this is what, or Matthew said this is what Isaiah talked about. This is what Isaiah was prophesying about. So Isaiah looks forward to the cross and he sees Jesus dying on the cross, taking our sin and our sickness. Matthew looks at Jesus and looks in the cross and says, this is what he did. And then Peter looks back on the cross in 1 Peter 2, verse 24. And it says, who his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were, past tense, healed. And if you look at 1 Peter chapter 2 really quickly, in verse 24, the word healed is the Greek word eomai, which means to cure, to heal, or make whole. So we believe that he was wounded for our transgressions. We believe that he took our sin. But do we believe in the same way that not only he was wounded for our transgressions, that he bare our sin, but that he also took our sicknesses, that by his stripes we were healed. Four reasons you can know the will of God concerning healing. Because it is God's nature. He said, I am who the Lord who heals you. Because it is God's promise. Because his promise is consistent with his nature. He said, I forgive all your sin and I heal all your diseases. Number three, because that's who Jesus is. The life of Jesus, that's what he did. Fourteen times in the New Testament, it says they brought all kinds of sick people with all kinds of diseases, and he healed them, every one. And last of all, because the cross paid for it. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.